for your crimes of robbery, rape, and murder. I hereby sentence you to death by electrocution. This guy with a thick southern accent just calls and was going on about a bunch of land and dead people and way too much money and it's just weird. Who is she? She's a descendant of Anna Davis. I am sure you are interested in learning all about what's going on here. Yes. Anna deserves every acre of land she received for her part. Her part in what? You mean you don't know about Anna Davis? What brings you to these parts anyway? Um, our relative past. Were you close? No, we never met. We all get an equal slice. You sat on the dotted line like Roger and I did, and you'd be cutting yourself a substantial slice of Southern hospitality. Did you see it? See what? Welcome back to Skip the Lou, everybody. I am Lacey Lou, and with me today, I have a really awesome guest um, who's going to be promoting um, an upcoming film that he produced. With me is Keithian. What's up, Keithian? Hey, how are you, Lacey? I'm good. Where are you located? I'm actually in Texas right now. I grew up in Louisiana and Texas, and right now I'm here in East Texas. <laughs> How's the weather there? It's and actually it's nice. It's nice. No, I mean, no, it's, it's nice today. It's warm. Obviously, you know, it's the summertime or is it even summer yet? It's not even summer, but it's always summer weather here in Texas almost. It feels like uh, it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not raining today and there's no clouds in sight as of now, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been raining here. I'm in Iowa, so. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, it's been raining like constantly for like the past week because it's still definitely like the end of our spring, but mm -hmm. you get like that hot, muggy weather, especially like after it of uh, rain. Yeah. So like get the frizzy hair going on and everything and never straighten it. <laughs> it's like that here all the time. So um, you don't, it doesn't have to be after rain until you get that little weird muggy humidity. <laughs> you know. uh, so I want to ask a little bit about you um, how how did you get into like the film industry film industry is it's interesting I, I started um, my career in the entertainment industry is like a musician so I was signed to a major label went on tour and just did the whole gambit of that stuff and then I started like within that deal I was doing um auditions they were like yeah well you should go to auditions and stuff like that and I was like okay this is cool I guess it's a part of the whole thing and then I realized after so long I, I had meager meager success meaning like it was there it was like oh, I would book small things here and there but then I realized I was like hey uh, my heart isn't really into being in front of the screen 
but I know everything. So let me put, but put it together and start creating in a different way. And I um, had produced like broadcast journalism and stuff like that in, in high school. So it was kind of an easy thing. I never knew I was a filmmaker and had been filmmaking, like shooting, like producing music videos for other artists and directing and stuff like that. So um, I put my mind to it and then it just kind of started happening. Things just kind of start falling at my feet and I took advantage of it. So <laughs> no, I love it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I love you're like a, you're like a triple threat because I mean you do like the music thing, you do the producing and you act. So um, you <laughs> well, actually I'm acting right now. Like I'm less I'm less acting, just acting as a producer and a musician. <laughs> Well, you you were in a pretty big film. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Blood Diamond. So what was it like working on that? It's kind of funny. I never talk about it. It, it was pretty cool. It was just, it was, I, I don't even, it, I, sometimes when you do that stuff, you never get a chance to actually appreciate it. So I don't know. It was just all fast. I did it and then, you know, I still get paid for it. So I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge film so congratulations um <laughs> i remember you. seeing that in the theater and yeah it's definitely one that sticks with you right um, yeah definitely and then um i do want to uh bring up i seen that you were a music composer on a film called bring it all all or nothing mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool um you know they are you involved with the halloween one that they have coming out did you know they have no. A halloween coming out? no no <laughs> i totally have nothing to, i did the franchise of about three times already and and oh, wow. I'm, I'm 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 done like i did <laughs> <laughs> i've I done enough with that that franchise i'm excited about it though yeah no um, i know everybody in the horror community is like you know we have all these other things coming out like you know like halloween kills and you know candy man uh which we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a minute but then you have halloween bring it on <laughs> like what is the cheerleaders murdering each other or something oh my god <laughs> well yeah I don't know for competition I, I I'm excited to see it I think it's going directly to sci-fi so oh um, okay yeah, well maybe they're alien cheerleaders or something I don't know <laughs> it'll be interesting to say the least um, <laughs> um are you a big fan of horror you know what's funny is I, I usually I'm the guy who has my hands close to my eyes doing a horror film I'm just kind of a scaredy cat so I'm a fan of the adrenaline or the energy and everything. And then I close my eyes still. I'm still scared of it. Like, I'm like, oh, I need to sleep. And I have a weird thing where I'm, I'm usually watching movies like really late at night. So then I have to go to sleep and I'm like, what the heck? Why did I do that? <laughs> so how did you get involved uh, with this horror film? Well, um, so I was producing, I produced a few pilots and just a few things, short films and docs. And, um, and I had a friend who was like, yeah, I have a friend who's a writer who's looking for a team to pretty much produce his film. And I was like, okay. So they sent me the script. They, um, like they sent me the script and they sent me all the information. I was like, this isn't, this isn't bad. So then I got a chance to meet with them. And then they were like, I I looked at the plot and I was like, you know what? I want to shoot this in Louisiana. So they were like, let's do it. (laughs) So it was, it was kind of simple. It was just like a mutual friend hit, hook up, and I think it was just pretty meant to be. Now, this film um, is based off of, um, and it even tells you at the beginning, like it's based off of a true story. Um, I personally didn't know anything about this story until the movie, so I think it's kind of cool that, um, you know, it, it made me want to 
go and look this up and, you know, educate myself on it. Um, it's right. about uh, Thomas and Meeks Griffin. Meeks Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, did you know anything about this story prior to becoming involved with the project? So I did not know about the story prior to coming involved with the project, but very similar stories. And then when I got involved with the project, I started re researching and it just so happens that Tom Joyner, which is a legendary DJ, is mm -hmm. his ancestry family and whatnot. So I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So you never know how you're connected in this country, especially. And then when you hear stories like this, it's been placed, put to light lately, more, more, more common, you know, just due to everything that needs to be told, the real history of our country. Yeah, no, and I love the concept of this. I mean, I love like that it's um, based on the true story. Then you just have, uh, you know, these <laughs> guys that just go and just uh, they come back, obviously, and start brutalizing, you know, uh, the people that were responsible for their death, in a sense. Right, exactly. Like their, their of, ancestors are paying for the sins of the others. <laughs> it's kind of a revenge slasher, if you ask me. Yes. Um, do you have any fun behind the set stories? Oh God, yes, man. There were so many stories. So I um I, I grew up in Texas, Longview, mm -hmm. Texas to be exact, and Louisiana. Um, so I was very familiar with New Orleans and whatnot and just all of Louisiana, which is the reason why I had accessibility to like locations and things like that. But I had never really shot outside of um, New Orleans, New Orleans, right? So um, when we started looking for places to shoot, I, we did location scouting around New Orleans, which is very bio, you know how it is, Louisiana and whatnot. And we found this town called Donaldsonville that had its own historical element which was um, like the site of a big civil war. And it's the site of tons of large films that we've seen. And they just use this town all the time on set. So the people were kind of excited about it, but slightly haunted. Yeah, it's just so many, so many stories, so many stories of like what things that happen. And, and I don't even know, man, it's just, it's just kind of interesting just to watch it. It was, it feels like a town and I want to say that like I had, our experience was interesting and whatnot. I'll probably get a chance to shoot in Donaldsonville again, but um, we experienced a town that felt nostalgia. It felt nostalgic yeah. at the same time. It had an element of like a historical element that you would have to paint. And we shot this about a year or so ago and it's just, it's just really interesting just to feel the vibe. So a lot of the vibes that you'll see in the movie are kind of really natural, if you ask me. Yeah, no, like it definitely feels like that quaint um, town, you know, small town um, atmosphere. And that white house, um, you know, with the, the last shot of the film um, that they're standing on, uh, where did you find that house? Like, did you have to like ask or... <laughs> Yeah, so basically, that's a real plantation home, which is oh, awkward, wow. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I went around, uh, we went around and had location scouts, and they were like, oh, we have a plantation. One of the guys in the, the, uh, in the town, since they're used to film, they kind of know, know, know things, right? So mm -hmm. they were giving, giving us all these options, and this one came about, and we were like, well, we don't really need a plantation, but this scene looks really dope, so... 
or the location looks really cool. So we just chose, they kind of came to us after a while. They were like, we heard that you liked our place. And I was like, well, we were considering it, but since you came to us, we can figure it out, you know? So that happened. And as that's a real plantation, um, plantation home, which was, you know, I've, I've never, I grew up in the South in Louisiana in Texas, but I've never been to a plantation in my life. So me being a black man, you know, <laughs> it was, it was definitely a, a different irony and being the producer of the film. And as I was saying, the film was kind of set like the, the nostalgia of the town was kind of stuck and, and I was um, a, in pastime. So it was just definitely interesting, it presented some challenges at the same time, a lot of victories. And at the same time, like a lot of historical elements that I was able to achieve and win just myself in general so yeah no that's really cool um I mean obviously the film you know it it can be a bit controversial to some right Um, yeah what would you say was the biggest challenge in regards to that um if I'm very pretty much open so I went in there as one guy and when you show up you the location scouts they pretty much they chat with the the people that own the locations and whatnot. So particularly like you're seeing the plantation, we showed up and we're like, whoa, and the plantation owner, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, you guys want to use this location? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so it was just some elements of just like, you know, the whole thing that we see now or we're learning more about where it's kind of like, hey, these are not cool elements that are here in this location, but we still need to use this. So a lot of teaching and lessons. So, yeah. There was um, a lot of, um, you know, obviously history. And um, I think it's really cool that, you know, you feel like you grew from the experience. I think that's always kind of cool when you're, you know, passionate about a project. I think it conveys more. Um, What would you say is your biggest... um, what are you most proud of with the film? I'm most proud of with this film. Um, I think it's just kind of getting another story out that needs to be told and mm-hmm. also showing the story. Like what we did, like you said, is based upon a true story and it could just be really sad, you know, right. <laughs> really bad because this is horrible. But what we did, we took a spin on it that makes it more modern and makes it liar, but it keeps you kind of in the mind of like, wait, but this is not right. So, like I said, it's kind of one of those things where it's a revenge type of thriller or horror film where the um, in this essentially in the end, the the protagonist that lost in the past when the um, town stole the stole stole the land from the brothers. It, it kind of just it was a sense of victory. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if you guys know the plot, but basically, like I was saying, it was two black brothers, the Griffin brothers. Um, and they owned owned a farm. They owned a big farm and a lot of land in this wealthy town back in 1919. So the town conspired against them to steal this land. And as we know, 1919 was not an equals right type of time in our country. So um, obviously, you know, there's a white black element. Um, so the town conspired against them and they pretty much played them, played these brothers with even another black lady and and just all this weird stuff. And our film takes off on, they killed, they ended up killing the brothers, putting them on an electric chair, which is where the, where the film starts at. They um, electrocuted them 
off a of false a false narrative just so the talent could conspire and steal the 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 land so a hundred years later like an ancestor comes back because they're trying to build like a walmart or just i don't want to say walmart because walmart make them hey you know but like just a big <laughs> store in town that's like a walmart and they need to release this land so when they go back and dig, dig up all the ancestry of the land they realized that it was owned by these brothers, which the town knows, and it's an old myth about it. But the um, the the rightful owner of the land is a is a girl, a white girl who happens to appear as white from the city, who comes down south to pretty much go and rightfully get their land. Well, she doesn't know the history, but when she finds out the history things start happening. These brothers have come back from the, or they don't know it's the brothers, but just monsters come back from the dead. And they're kind of like going after all of the people that are doing the wrong things, but, or did the wrong things with the land or trying to sell it right now with exception of giving it back to the rightful owner. So the, um, the lead, which is the girl, um, Ashley Whalen plays it. She eventually finds out the history just from being in the town and her love interest happens to be um, one of the ancestors of these brothers. And when she finds out, she's like, no, let me give the land back to the real family. And then everything just turns good. They happen to fall in love at the end too. But did I just tell too much of the movie? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll just make people want to watch it a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now uh, the movie you didn't mention how bloody it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> now there's a lot of blood um, shed in this film. How much did you guys actually use for like practical effects versus like CGI? We used a lot of practical effects. I'm talking about it was bloody. We had a whole clean up bloody <laughs> crew that were just walking around with clean up blood, like cleaning up blood. So yeah, we used a lot. And then there was CGF, CGI after effects and whatnot. I feel like horror films these days or any film these days have a certain amount of that in it. And we definitely want to play with the technology space as well. But there were driplets of blood all over the place. We shot in the courthouse, two courthouses to be exact. And the cleaning team, after we finished, they were looking at us and they're like, wait, you're going to get that blood up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah how long did it take to shoot the film we shot this film in a little less than a month three weeks to be exact and then we actually picked up and shot some pickup shots in los angeles or not exactly in los angeles but around la yeah no there's definitely some really cool like overshots like where you see like the city and um you know from above um i love yeah. stuff like that we, we, so we did enjoy, like we loved, and the, the town, like I said, Donaldsonville, Louisiana is one of those places where they're very used to films. Like they felt, they shot Django Unchained, All the King's Men, and just a lot of things down there um, in this town. So the, we were not, we were like, let's definitely take advantage of the town and shoot the surrounding to tell the story. So yeah, that's what you see a lot in the pickup shots. What was the casting process like for this? casting process started out in Los Angeles, but we were shooting in Louisiana. And I have an initiative myself personally to bring a lot of films back down South. I mean, that's where all the cool locations are and shooting like crazy in Louisiana, all the way to Georgia, South Carolina, North, you know, Texas. Mm -hmm. 
So we started, um, we started the casting process in Los Angeles. We found a few talent there. And then we went down to Louisiana and worked with a Morgan casting, which I knew them through, just by way of friends and whatnot, and pretty much found some of the best talent that you could find in the South. I it was really excited. That was a really, really, really fun process. Now, you um, are obviously very musically inclined. Um, did you have anything to do with like the score or soundtrack? I actually did. If you listen closely, they begged me to put one of my songs in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I was when I'm when I'm in film mode, like I don't think about me. I just think about the film. Right. Right. So like when we're putting it in post, I got a chance. We got a chance to work with Dave Thomas, which he's a six or seven time Grammy Award winning producer who's also a part of a group called Take Six. I, he was like, hey, why wouldn't you put your own music in here? I'm like, um, because um, um, it's, it's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> like self-promotion. <laughs> right, right. And so so he just listened to me. And then when I um, heard one of the, the cuts of the films or I watched it, I was like, did you did you sneak? Oh, my God, you stuck one of my songs in there. So, so yeah. <laughs> oh, what was song is cool. it so the listeners can know? <laughs> it's, it's a song called Sweet Voodoo Love. And there's a beautiful scene that it got lucky to be able to be the background music in. And if you guys, if you guys find out, if you guys, when you guys see the scene, you guys, I promise you guys to know, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's, that's exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> um, now it is a horror film. So um, I have to ask, what is your favorite horror film? I know you said you're the kind of guy that uh, covers his eyes, but uh, I have to yeah. know, like, what's the scariest movie or what's your favorite? Oh, God. That's, oh, oh God. <laughs> it's always the toughest question that I ask anybody. It sure <laughs> is. The scariest film to me is like, uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to say something like Tales from the Crypt, like the series back in the day. <laughs> Just because I was a kid and every time I think of it, I know it's funny because people say, like, I know I've been reading in the trades and just everybody's like, yeah, it's like Candyman. And I remember Candyman, but I was so scared that I wouldn't even, I was like, I'm going I'm to watch half of this movie and finish it later. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, man, I, I, just, I wouldn't even know. I, the Saw movies are pretty gory to me. So, yeah. Have you seen the um, Spiral, uh, Chris Rock's um, Book of Saw? The one oh, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the whole one, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it just came out. So a lot of people have it here. Um, it, it was it was kind of fun. Um, I just literally just binged the whole series just so I could go see that just in case there were um, any because they're all very connected films. Right. So I like to see um, all the connections and stuff like that. It, I'm, I'm not so much for like the gore in those films. I really like the connectivity. It's funny because the, the films that scare me are like us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that genre these days. I'm like, they're so suspenseful that it just it's like a horror to me. Or maybe it is a horror. I don't know. Is it a thriller, suspense, or horror? Uh, us? Yeah. Uh, I would say it's horror um okay i mean it's like it kind of has like borderline comedy in it so like comedy horror but with a message yeah um you know um i wouldn't say like before like i feel like it's kind of more relevant now but like i think political horror is kind of becoming a thing 
Um, right, which kind of is awkward because I, I, I'm. It's interesting that you said that because I've heard political horror, and I'm like, this isn't a political horror film. But I guess <laughs> when you think about it, it gets there, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to stray away from the political part. It's so po- everything's so po- political, right? You know, whatever. So, but at the same time, if that's what the people like or gravitate towards, hey, have at it. Yeah, I think it's because, you know, people, you know, are obviously like divided. And I think some of these films like divide or they're literally just based on politics. I mean, like kind of the purge is definitely like a political horror. Um, Right. I mean, I don't think you can get more political than horror than that. You're right. See, now that you're saying the names, I'm like, I do know the purge was scary, scary, scary. But I thought it was interesting that um, Stephen George is the writer. He wrote this. The, um this film and like I noticed some of the things that he writes tend to kind of sh- have this historical new age political thing and um whether it's a suspense horror slasher or just a drama action it's kind of interesting and that's that's very I guess that's that's a good place to be in today's like world in general <laughs> it's yeah, like I mean- a, a like a horror with a message you know <laughs> I mean, I think that's what people are kind of gravitating to, you know, especially, you know, with everything that's gone on in the last year and year, year and a half. Um, right. You know, I think it's, you know, and then people are capitalizing on, uh, they call it pandemic horror as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many movies came out that were just like based off of or around like an infection or COVID itself, <laughs> you know, because I mean, people were obviously inspired, but sometimes I think, Maybe you should just not do it. Um, I know, right? Who, who would have thought contagion would have came true? <laughs> right. Now that's a real right. horror. And then there's right. realism horror. Um, I mean, it's crazy that there's so many subgenres of, you know, this genre of film that is horror. I mean, you don't really get that with like any of the like action or comedy. Um, I think that's why I kind of gravitate towards, you know, scary films is because it can be comedy uh, romance all into one I mean you even said in this film there's a little bit of romance so yeah there's a little bit of romance and 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 there is comedy if you I I honestly think that that's a big a hidden element that's like the weird elephant in the room when watching most horror films is there's a huge we're waiting to see who falls and get killed you know (laughs) like there's there's a few scenes in here when we were shooting and I remember they were getting killed and I was laughing at the actress because I think it's so funny. I was like, you're dying. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're so, and so I, I get to the moment and I'll never forget. I was bugging them. It was uh, it was just so funny. I was bugging them when we were shooting and they were like, they were like, can you just leave us alone and let us die? <laughs> we're like, oh, OK, <laughs> but it was just so funny. We had a lot of fun. So, cool. yeah. One of the coolest uh, deaths, I won't say who it is, but uh, they get a hole through their stomach. <laughs> OK, so, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and and that's 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 so funny because that's the death. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's so weird because it was so funny. It was so good shooting that that particular scene. In the midst of it, the actors Dean and Aubrey, Mm -hmm. um, they were so serious about it, and we were so so cynical. And like even even I think it was like, can't you see? Because in the script it says something about an emotion for the um the monster was emotion. No, because that particular, well, I can't tell the movie. You got to stop me instead of, <laughs> <I'm> anyway. <sorry. laughs> like, 
so they were so serious about the scene that I missed it. And then when we were editing it, I was like, oh, that's why they were like, we're trying to be serious here because it's so beautiful. The actors work so hard. <laughs> I love I love anything to do with like backstage um, shenanigans like that. Um, right. I actually think it's really cool, like especially after like watching and screening the film and then yeah. you know, like you connect with the moment and then to hear like a little bit, you're like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it really was, man. I, and I want to give a shout out to like everybody that worked on this film, all the actors, Brian, McClure, um, Aspen Kennedy, Trey Hill, like everybody was just so amazing. Lauren Flannery, so yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a lot of fun and I think a lot of people are definitely gonna dig it. Um, now you mentioned that the, you know, the ghosts are, um, they're kind of wearing like a bag over their head. What was like the inspiration for uh, that look? I didn't mention that, that means you've been watching oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you did mention it. I mentioned that? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the inspiration to the, I don't think it was, you You know what? I, I don't really know what the inspiration was to that. I just know when we went to design the, the, the costumes and whatnot, mm -hmm. it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, what would come to life or how would this person come to life? Actually, there is an answer to that. But if I tell you, I might be talking too much about the film. Anyway, basically, I can tell you that. In the first scene, those the gentlemen that get killed, mm -hmm. the brothers, they're in the electric chair. So back in the day, they placed baggage over the bags over their face or something, sacks, so that they wouldn't be seen, you know, frying. Right. <laughs> so when they come back, is the continuity of that scene that they came back from the moment they were getting killed. Yeah, no, I thought that, I thought it was a great look and I, I really did love like the cold opener. Um, I mean, the movie just, you know, starts with, you know, what, what happened and, you know, I, I love that opening. Um, was that, yeah. was that originally planned to start it that way? It was, it was originally planned to start it that way we pretty much did we didn't have to cut too much from this film we shot um literally what we needed and it was sometimes you get a chance you sometimes you overshoot sometimes you undershoot and have to figure out a story and we literally just did this where it was like this is what we want to shoot this is the story we want to tell and let's do it now when did you film this we actually shot this in 2018 oh, and that was a while ago yeah, it was like the very, yeah, the very end. So it was coming into a different one. We shot that then. And then we had some, we started editing. We all individually, everybody jumped so fast into another film. So it was one of those processes where we were like, hey, let's finish editing, editing this. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, I want to thank you uh, for joining me. Um, do you have any other upcoming uh, projects you see that you want to promote? Uh, yeah, I'm working on, well, yeah, I do. Um, I'm working on new music. So I have music coming out and I have a few more. I have a, um, a scripted series that should be announced pretty soon awesome. and a few more. Yeah. And I'll have another um, horror film soon to talk about as well. I another say horror film. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it might be one of those pandemic. So it's funny when you said that, I'm like, uh oh, no, that's weird. One of those pandemic films, you know, ones where you're shooting one location the whole time, you know? 
<laughs> no, some of them turn out really great. Like there was one that came out. Um, I think it was like the first horror movie that like came out of the pandemic. Um, I don't know if you know what Cheddar is or not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's a movie called Host. Um, and yeah. yeah, no, that and it was done so well. So I think if it's done right, like I'm okay with it. Um, and this one wasn't specifically like about COVID. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, it was just taking place during the pandemic. So I think there's like that aspect as well of, you know, it just taking place during and then um, obviously the ones that take about the COVID itself. So um, right, right. two different ends of the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Um, where can yep, people find or follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram at ikeithian, that's spelled i like an iPhone and then keep in my name, K-E-I-T-H-I-A-N. Uh, the film is um, my production company, which is Works Entertainment Group. Um, so at Works, E-N-T, uh, as well as Uncorked Entertainment. And you'll be able to find everything there. The film's available to, um, on June 8th. That's on Apple TV Plus, as well as VOD and everywhere else. So yeah, this is going to be everywhere and I'm excited about it. Very cool. Um, well, I want to thank you again for joining me and, you know, taking time out of your day to talk this film. Thank you so much, Lacey. I really totally appreciate chatting with you about this. Yeah, you'll have to let me know when your um, next film that you can talk about when you can. Um, <laughs> we'll have to get you back on and we'll uh, dissect that one as well. I sure will. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, uh, this is Lacey Liu. And again, thank you, Keithy and everyone. Take it easy.